Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and today's program is sponsored by Crane Transport of Oakwood, Georgia. Crane is a family-owned, faith-based trucking company. They have over 300 trucks and over 800 trailers, and they're looking for some great drivers that want to drive for a good company making good money. Crane Transport has a great reputation for service. So drivers, if you're looking for a company that will consider you family, I recommend Crane Transport. Check out their website, cranetransport.inc.com or give them a call, 770-532-0057. You can call and talk with Will Rogers, the safety and compliance trainer. He wants to hear from you and answer any questions you might have. And he will also pray for you he wants to be a help to you drivers out there on the road. So friends, check out cranetransport.inc.com and then call Will Rogers, 770-532-0057, extension 3281. You'll be glad you did. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's a lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day
road is my life, and for many of you drivers out there on the road, the road is your life. We wrote that just for you, the truckers out there on that old lonesome road, and that is Dennis McKay singing it for you, and he helped me write that. It's off of our Lonesome Road Volume 2 CD, and we'd love to send that CD to all them drivers out there, wouldn't we, Daryl? We sure would. Yes, sir. Daryl Spicer, Channel 21 Ministries, alongside of me, and we are looking for a ride. Yes, sir. We need to jump up in a cab with somebody because it's getting hot out here. Yes, sir. <laughs> June in the south is not pleasant, yeah. so we're looking for a driver. Here comes one now. He's going. He's pulling over, stopping. He saw you, big thumb sitting out there, Gary. Amen. So, driver, we have a story for you. If you give us a ride, we want to tell you about a man named David Gibbs, and he'll have you laughing and just appreciating life uh, while you're riding down the road. David Gibbs is... Uh, Got some very, very good uh, stories to tell, and I'll tell you, each one of these stories has a very powerful message for you, the driver out there driving up and down the highways. So we're going to play a message by David Gibbs, but we've got some great music we want to share with you today. It's a good friend of ours. Yes. His name is... James Payne. Yeah, James Payne is from, where is he from, Daryl? Eagleville, Tennessee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Down in the middle of God's country. <laughs> and James is an awesome singer-songwriter, and what makes him that is not that he's a great singer, he just loves the Lord, Amen. and he loves singing about the Lord. Don't get me wrong, he is a good singer. Yes. But it shows up in his music how much he loves the Lord, yeah. and it's entertaining. He does a great job. James Payne has written thousands oh, yeah. of songs, yeah, yeah. and... Uh, last count I had, he had over 60 number one songs. Number one. Number one. These are, and boy, I'll tell you, uh, they are very, very powerful. And, and, uh, he goes to your church. Yep. River Life Church, Smyrna, Tennessee. Right there in almost Nashville. Almost Nashville. <laughs> but James is an awesome man of God. So driver, uh, let us get up in the cab with you. I wore my double clutching boots and my chain driven wallet. So I'd look like a truck driver. <laughs> So I'm going to jump in the sleeper, and y'all just ride down the road. I want you to listen. Plug in to David Gibbs. Yes, sir. But before we plug in to David Gibbs, we are going to play some James Payne music. I know you're going to enjoy this music that we have for you. Here's a song that I like, and I think you will too, by James Payne. It's just a white framed house in nowhere, USA. Where mama counts down her final days. Her kids' pictures line the walls. She talks to them each day. If you ask, she'll give you the grand tour of Mama's Hall of Fame. In Mama's Hall of Fame, my picture hangs. That's one thing I know will never change. Just a face in the crowd 
And no one knows my name I'm famous in Mama's Hall of Fame There's a picture of my brother who served Uncle Sam Mama cries when she tells how he never came home from now Every day all along She walks down memory lane but if you ask, she'll give you the grand tour of Mama's Hall of Fame. In Mama's Hall of Fame, my picture hangs. And that's one thing I know will never change. I'm just a face in the crowd And no one knows my name Oh, but I'm famous In Mama's Hall of Fame Oh, I'm famous In Mama's Hall of Fame Darrell, I know you enjoyed that song, and I've always liked that song, and uh, it's got a powerful message to it. A lot of James Payne's songs has a powerful message. It's down to earth. Down to earth. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. So uh, what do you think? You think we should let them hear another song by James Payne? We better. Yeah. He might throw us out of the truck if we don't. he don't get to hear another song. <laughs> we did promise some uh, several songs by James Payne, didn't yes, we? Yes, sir. All right. Here's one more song by... Our good friend, James Payne. Call me and the soul guitar. We got bruises and we got scars. We broke strings, we broke hearts. Me and the soul guitar. One day they'll put us both away. Another singer will take our place. But till then, we'll travel on. Cause there's still. One more song left in me And the soul guitar All me 
and the soul guitar We played churches And we played bars Amazing grace And your cheating heart All me And the soul guitar One day They'll put us both away Another singer Will take our place But till then We'll travel on Cause there's still One more song left in me And this old guitar One day They'll put us both away Another singer Will take our place But till then We'll travel on Cause there's still One more song left in me And the soul guitar One day They'll put us both away Another singer Will take our place But till then We'll travel on Cause there's still One more song left in me And the soul guitar Yeah, there's still One more song left in me And the soul guitar ready to hear Dr. David Gibbs? I'm always ready to hear that man. He's so intelligent. He has a good heart and he cuts right to the chase. All right. And his stories are amazing. All right. Well, let's cut to the chase and get to David Gibbs. Amen. Now, how many of you are looking forward to heaven? Remember, this life is just a vapor here and gone. But man, then comes forever. Your greatest days are not behind you. Your greatest days are ahead of you. Now, we're living in a day when America and the world needs the gospel as never, ever before. We've got a mission field all around us. But then there's the world. 70% of the world has never heard of Jesus Christ. And when you go into the Muslim countries, 90% of the people have never heard of Jesus Christ. Tonight, for the next few minutes, and I'm going to ask you to write just some very simple things down, I want to ask you a question that I believe is of critical importance. Do you personally have the power of God in your life? Not do you know about the power of God, do you have the power of God? 
I'm afraid sometimes that we sing about the power, we preach about the power, we talk about the power, but candidly, we don't have the power of God. And I'm here to tell you tonight, God never meant for any of his children to be powerless. We are supposed to have the power of God. If we had something tonight that desperately needed to be prayer for, prayed for, and if I said, who here has power with God? I wonder if you'd raise your hand and say, Brother Gibbs, I have power with God. You can trust me to do it. Every one of us should be able to raise our hands. Let's get ready to read what God wrote to the church in the city of Colossae. And remember, whenever you read Colossians, this church was very, very much like the church in America. Uh, the church was growing. They were reaching new converts. It was expanding. But more than the church was changing the town, the town was changing the church. More than God's message was getting out, the world's message was getting in. More than they were changing the world, the world was changing them. More than they were reaching their kids, they were reaching the kids in the church. And against that backdrop, Paul writes what many have called a letter of spiritual survival instruction. Doesn't matter where I go, man, more than our message is getting out, the world's message is getting in. And we have that battle. Let's take a look what God wrote to this Colossian church. I want to start in verse 9, chapter 1. The Bible says, for this cause. Now, the cause is up in verse 4 and 5. It's their faith in Christ Jesus and the hope that they have in heaven. He said, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire, catch these next words, that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, I'll not preach on it tonight, but God wants you to know his will more than you want to know it. I have people come up to me all the time and say, oh, Brother Gibbs, can you help me with the will of God? I tell them I sure can. 99% of the will of God for your life is in the word of God. And God says, I want you filled with the knowledge of my will. Look at the next thing, verse 10, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God says, whatever you do, boy, I preached on this this morning. Our one job is to make the son of God look good. Walk worthy. But my text is verse 11. Having given those two great commands, Pastor, God then says, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power. Now, if that verse read, strengthened with some might, it would be awesome. If it said strengthened with great might, it would be hyper, super awesome. But that's not what God said. You know what God said? I want you strengthened with all might according to my glorious power. The thought of that is hard to wrap your mind around. The all-powerful God says, 
I want pastor to have all strength according to my power, my might. I want every child of God to have that. And the question tonight is, do we? I love what D.L. Moody said. He said, if you hear the Bible preached and don't feel the need to go to the altar to get clean at least once out of every three times, he said, you weren't listening. When's the last time you bowed and said, God, I want to get clean? I want to be a vessel ready, meat for the master's use. I want your power. I don't know what's in your life. You don't know what's in mine. All I know is that life's got a way of putting stuff there that defiles us. How many of you here have raised kids or you're doing it now? Hold your hand up. How many of you all ever had to wash their hands? How many of you found out one hand washing didn't last a lifetime? Oh, yeah. You know what? Life's got a way of getting us dirty. That precious little baby uh, that the loves have, I, looking at it, you know what? That precious little baby, tiny as she is, she knows how to get dirty. And man, God says, I want you to be careful to get clean. To get clean. Whenever you come to church, having nothing to do with me, having everything to do with the Word of God, man, walk in and say, God, if there's anything, anything that doesn't belong there, I want to get clean before I leave here. Write the second thing down. Number one, you got to get clean. Number two, you got to get a passion for Jesus Christ. A passion. Oh, well, Brother Gibbs, I love the Lord. I believe you do. That doesn't mean you have a passion for him. You know what the Bible says? All our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our might, all our strength. Man, God's talking about a passion. You know what I've discovered about somebody when they have a passion? They can't hide it. It shows everywhere. Man, you see a guy that's got a passion for a sports team? He'll make a fool out of himself because he's got a passion. You see a guy that's got a passion for hunting or fishing or golf? Man, you don't have to wonder. It shows everywhere. Ladies with their passions, passions always show. Always. Can I ask you this question? Do you have a passion for Jesus Christ? All that thrills my soul, the song said, is Jesus is he your passion? Do you realize how dangerous it would be for God to give you his power if Jesus were not your passion? No telling what you'd do with it if the Son of God was not your passion. I was at an all-black church, a wonderful church, a great church. I was going to preach there that Sunday morning, and Brother Newman, I'm sitting right down over here, and little do I know, a lady in that church is about to change my life forever. This dear lady comes in, sits down next to me on the pew, we're like about that far apart, and I said, how are you? She said, fine. She said, how are you? I said, fine. Then she said something to me that just utterly shocked me, because no one has ever said this to me before. She didn't say it unkind. She didn't say it mean. She looked at me and she said, 
what are you doing here, white boy? Now, no one had ever said that to me before in my life. And it just caught me off guard. No one has ever called me white boy, all right? That just never happened. Now, she didn't say it mean. It, it, was, it was friendly, but all of a sudden it so startled me, I started calling myself white boy. She said, what are you doing here, white boy? And I said, well, white boy's going to preach this morning. She said, you're going to preach, white boy. I said, yeah. Well, she said, isn't that a hoot? And I said, yeah, ma'am, I agree with you. That's a hoot. That's a hoot. Then she looked at me and she said, you got the stuff? I said, I beg your pardon? She said, don't play dumb, white boy. You know what I mean. She said, you got the stuff or you don't got the stuff. She said, now, if you don't got the stuff, don't you get up there and try to pretend you got the stuff. She said, if you don't got the stuff, you stay sitting right down here and let somebody get up there that's got the stuff. Because she said, we come to church to get the stuff. You got it or not? I said, yeah, white boy's got the stuff. Okay. I mean, this has just rocked me. Then she said, they tell you how we do things around here? I said, no, ma'am, they haven't. She said, well, let me tell you how we do it. She said, number one, for about 45 minutes, maybe an hour, we're going to sing. I said, 45 minutes? Oh, yeah, she said. Man, you know, she said, remember, we don't sing to each other. We sing to the Lord. And she said, you got to sing to get the world out and to praise the Lord and Oh, she's singing's wonderful. She said, if you don't like singing to the Lord, there's something bad in your heart. And she said, we're commanded to sing with all our might. I said, yeah, that, that's what the Bible says. Oh, she said, you got the stuff. That's right. <laughs> you know, I wish you could sit on the platform and watch some people sing. They look like they're in pain. You know what the tragedy is? It's not coming out here because it isn't in here. Man, when you got a passion in here, it will come out. She said, now once we're done singing, then we have testimonies. And she said, boy, the testimonies are good. People getting saved, folks getting right with God. She said, I love the testimonies. I said, wow, I look forward to that. She said, yeah. She said, sometimes people come forward, get saved, and they've done crimes. And man, they confess their crimes, and so we get them saved, we baptize them, and we take them right down to the police station. <laughs> I said, you take them down to the cops. Oh, yeah, she said. Man, if you're not right with man, you're not right with God. She said, we had a guy come in here. He tried to blow the chief of police's car up. Man, he confessed it, he got saved, he got baptized. Half the church walked down to the police station. And he turned himself in. Oh, she said, testimonies are powerful. I thought, wow, Whew, glad I haven't done any crimes. I'd be down at the police station here. She said, now after the testimonies, we take the offering. And she said, that takes about 45 minutes. I said, 45 minutes? Oh, yeah, she said. You know there's people sitting there that God puts something in their pocket he wants them to give, but they don't want to let go. 
And she said, it takes a minute to get them right with God. She said, man, if they leave with that in their pocket, God will be ticked. And we don't want nobody having God ticked at them. I said, yeah, ma'am, we don't want God ticked, that's for sure. She said, then you're going to get up to preach. And she said, whatever you do, never forgot this. She said, don't cut it short. She said, we didn't come to get out. She said, we come to go to church. She said, if you come to church just to get out, what an insult to God, she said. I said, ma'am, nobody's ever told me, don't cut it short, I like you. Now she said, I need you to do me one favor. I said, what's that? She said, I need you to move over a little bit. Now, we're already that far apart. I said, sure, glad to. I said, somebody else coming? She said, no. I said, why do you need me to move over? She said, because when I get singing, I needs my room. <laughs> she looked at me and what she said next I will not forget if I live to be 200. She said, you see, mister, I'm addicted to Jesus Christ. He's the passion of my life. And when I get singing, oh, she said, he's everything to me. What's the passion of your life? Have you ever sung like he's your passion? Good thing I moved over, Brother Newman. She got singing. Now, I can't, that lady's singing and crying, and pretty soon I'm crying, and I don't even know why. All I know is her spirit pulled me in. Would your passion pull anybody in? Would anybody say, I want to be like that? I want to be like that lady. I want to be like that man. That passion pulling. Pretty soon the preacher came out and he went like this and I walked up by him and he said, oh, Brother Gibbs, I see you met Sister Abby. I said, yeah. I said, is that her name? He said, yeah. I said, uh, you know what? She tells me she's addicted to Jesus, that the Son of God is the passion of her life. He said, Brother Gibbs, that is absolutely correct. Did she share her testimony with you? I said, no. He said, well, let me tell you. He said about six months ago, her two junior high boys and her husband went down to the bus stop. They're going to catch the bus to school, her husband the bus to work. And they think it was a gang thing. They don't know. Two cars pulled up, shotguns came out, and blew her family away. He said, Brother Gibbs, then unthinkably, they got out and literally blew the heads off her two boys. He said, I saw her right after it happened. And I said, Abby, what do you want to do for a funeral? She said, Preacher, let's have church. Let's love on the Lord. Help me to sing. 
What are you going to do when life puts the squeeze on you? What's your passion? He said, did she tell you she's got stage four cancer? I said, no, she didn't. He said, Brother Gibbs, she has no money. She can't afford the medicines the doctors have given up. I said, no, she didn't say any of that. All I know is I want to be like her. That's what I know. That lady changed me. When you have a passion, it will pull people to the Savior. Why would they want a God you don't have a passion for? Man, you want his power? Number one, get clean. Number two, get a passion for Jesus Christ. A passion. Write number three down. The Bible says you want his power, you got to ask. James chapter 4. Boy, it's such a simple statement. You have not because you ask not. Now, have you ever asked yourself, why do we have to ask? By the way, asking is how you got saved. Never, you know, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And God says, I want you to ask. And the word ask used there in the Bible was not the word for asking in general. It was the word for asking with great specificity. God says, I want you to get specific. What do you want my power for? Why wouldn't we ask? Now, you're not limited to one ask. The Bible doesn't say every child of God gets one ask, choose carefully. It's not what it says. Why wouldn't you have a list? My wife and I have a list for our kids. We're asking God for great things, impossible things. Why wouldn't you have a list for your marriage, a list for your country, a list for this church, a list for your life? But you have not because you ask not. When we get to heaven and see what could have been if we'd have just asked, why wouldn't we ask? I was cleaning out the attic after Grandpa passed away. Laying there in the corner was a dusty fiddle case. I popped those rusty hinges and I began to cry. Cause there was Grandpa's fiddle laying silently inside. I reached for the fiddle I rousened up the bowl I began to play those old songs He taught me years ago The old rugged cross And amazing grace That old fiddle still remembers Every song Grandpa played 
velvet and that old fiddle case I found the note Grandpa wrote before he passed away Said, son, if you're reading this, I'm already home Now it's up to you to keep the music playing on Standing here today With this fiddle in my hand I can almost see my grandpa Over in the promised land Somehow I know he's listening In that land so far away So until I join him I'll let the music play I hope you enjoyed that message. And David Gibbs kind of tell you how the cow eats the cabbage, doesn't he? He's, he's plain spoken, but he's a good storyteller. But one thing I got out of this message is passion. What are you passionate for? You know, they say your money goes where your heart is, and everything else you do goes where your heart is. And if you're just if you're passionate for things of this world, uh, these things are going to perish. The Lord tells us that in the Word of God. These things will perish. These are going to be gone. A hundred years from now, what you see now, is it's not going to be here. And we're not going to be here. Hopefully, we're going to be in glory with the Lord. So you need to have a passion to serve the Lord. You need to have a passion to do things right here on earth. And I know sometimes our, uh, our addictions takes us away from God. And if you have a passion for an addiction that's taking you away from God, he'll help you get rid of that. You're talking about an addiction. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be a fishing boat. It could be. It could be a fire-spitting bicycle like yeah. a Harley. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. So yeah. whatever you're passionate about. Is your God. So you need to be passionate about God himself, the only true God. Yeah. That doesn't mean we can't ever go fishing or we can't ever be passionate about something that we like. Right. But if we're putting things before God... That's when we get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. And, you know, God doesn't punish us. We punish ourselves. Amen on that. So what we need to do is we need to bring our passion back. 
You know, the Bible talks about what Jesus said, that the church has lost its first love. And what he's talking about is us. So if we lose our first love, the love of Jesus, and our world is turned upside down and our passion is wrongly directed, then drivers, you need to talk to the Lord. And we're here today to help you with that. If your passion is driving you away from God, you need to ask him for forgiveness. That's right. And you need to ask him to come into your heart and become the Lord of your life. And then, then, the Bible says he'll give you the desires of your heart. So if you like riding that old Harley Davidson, if you like going out in that fishing boat, there's nothing wrong with that. But there'll be time for that. And he'll help you schedule that time. So driver, I'm going to ask you today, if he's not the number one in your life, isn't it time to make him number one? And driver, all you have to do is say this simple prayer. Lord, I love you. And I know that you died for me, that you died for my sins. And I'm asking you now, God, to come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Put a burning passion in my spirit for you and for things of God. And help me through this life so I can get to the next life with you. And if you've prayed that prayer and you've asked for forgiveness of your sin, and you want to serve the Lord, then driver, you're saved. And we'd love to share that with you. So give us a call at Channel 21 Ministries at 615-663-3199 because you got to tell somebody. And you could tell Gary Rayburn at Lonesome Road Ministries. Yeah, my phone number is 618-383-2107. We'd love to send you more messages just like you heard today that will help you with your walk with Christ. Amen. If you enjoyed this message today, give us a call. That's right. We'd love to hear from you. We sure would. Oh
Hey, that's our good friends, the McKay Project, with that song right there. I know you enjoyed that. So, Daryl, what do you think? I think we ought to play another song by James Payne. I think so. And you know what would be a good song at this time? What would that be? When old Jack Daniels met John 316, and he put down his passion for that liquor mm -hmm. and started loving the Lord. My favorite song by James Payne. That's right. The Night Jack Daniels Met John 316. I remember the night The end of my road In a motel in Nashville Searching for hope In my hand was a Bible I read as a child But on the table was a bottle It was driving me wild I poured the whiskey Into the glass I prayed it would help me Forget my past I poured out the whiskey And I fell down on my knees And that night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 God's word broke the hold That he had over me Calvary's tree That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 Now when I see those old friends That I used to know down at that old place where I used to go They tell me I'm different than I used to be Oh, and I love to tell them what happened to me God's word broke the hope that he had over me. I traded Tennessee whiskey for Calvary's tree. That night old Jack Daniels met John 3.16.
But uh, drivers, we really appreciate you guys out there and the work that you do because we used to do it. We know that there's more to it than just sitting there looking out the window. I'll tell you what, we encourage you drivers to call us and let us know what you think. Our phone numbers, we're going to put them out there. I'll give you my cell phone number. It's 618-383-2107. Our website is lonesomeroad.org. And uh, Daryl's phone number is 615-663-3199. My full-time gig, if you want to call it that, is Senior Chaplain with Channel 21 Ministries. And our website is channel21ministries.com. You can also find us on Facebook, along with Lonesome Road Ministries on Facebook. And the McKay Projects, they're also on Facebook. We are real techie ministries for, for a bunch of low techs. But, uh. <laughs> That's right. So we're going to put this song on for you called Taking Me Home. I hope you enjoy it. Here's Taking Me Home. Seems to end, but it's 
Friends, we're going to close today's program like we close a lot of our programs, and that's with my testimony in song. It's called At the Foot of the Tree, and this is Dennis McKay to sing it for you. He helped me write this along with my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree. Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling that old lonesome road And I shared the good news Wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How oh, I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past but I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross 
Brokenhearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree 